0: Today, on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe.
1: The narrow way leads to eternal life. The broad road leads to destruction. The narrow way leads to heaven itself. The wide way leads to hell. That's the sobering and the solemn reality.
0: Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. For the past few weeks, we've been exploring the teaching of Jesus in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Today, we're going to see Jesus as He approaches the end of His sermon and He reminds us of His purpose in teaching and the key choice He's calling us to make. Let's join Pastor John Monroe as he introduces our lesson titled Two Ways, Two Trees, Two Destinations.
1: It's very common to say that you can believe what you like and at the end of the day, everyone is going to get into heaven. But this is totally contrary to the teaching of Jesus. As we come toward the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus now makes a penetrating and very convicting challenge. He presents two ways, two trees, two destinations. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father apart from me. This is a clear statement of truth. We all like to sit on the fence sometimes to avoid conflict. We like to say, well, there's much to be said on all sides. But we learn today there is no middle ground, no third choice when it comes to entering the kingdom of God. Well, as we come to the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount, the tone abruptly changes. Sermon on the Mount is contained in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And uh, today and next week, we're coming uh, to the final verses of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And we must understand, and uh, we will understand if we listen to this passage, that the Sermon on the Mount is more than ethical instruction. It certainly is that, but it is much, much more. In the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew, as we have seen, is presenting Jesus as the king. And as the king, King Jesus, he calls us to repent. He calls us to believe in the gospel. He calls us to follow him in a life of total commitment. And now, as our Lord comes to the end of this spectacular message, he is making a compelling call. A call for decision. Yes, a call for you to decide. And so the final verses of the Sermon on the Mount are very pointed, are very compelling, are very convicting, and they certainly must not be ignored because make no mistake about it, a choice must be made. And as we read the verses, and as you turn to them in your Bible, Matthew 7, verses 13 through 23, note that there are two ways, two trees, and two destinations. And as I'm reading them, apply them to yourself, please. Not to anyone else, but to yourself, because Jesus is speaking to you and to me. Matthew 7 then, verse 13, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy, that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many, for the gate is narrow, and the way is hard, that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? of lawlessness. Does that surprise you that these words are in the Sermon on the Mount? What is our Lord Jesus saying? That all in the Christian community are not authentic followers of Jesus. Let me repeat that. All who are part of the Christian community, people who go to church, people who would say that they are Christians, are not all authentic followers of Jesus. And Jesus here faces us with crucial choices. Oprah Winfrey says, there are many diverse paths leading to God. That's what people want to believe. Pick your own path, there are many paths leading to God. But Jesus is saying directly the opposite. He is saying there is only one way, one path. So let me give you the overview of the verses we've read and as we go through them. Note the differences between the narrow way and the easy way. On the narrow way, there are few. On the wide way, there are many. On the narrow way, there is entrance into the kingdom. On the wide way, there is exclusion from the kingdom. The narrow way is the way of blessing. The wide way is the way of ruin. The narrow way is the way of the saved. The wide way is the way of the lost. There is a right way and a wrong way. There is good fruit and bad fruit. There is possession of eternal life. On the narrow way, On the wide broad way there is profession of faith in Jesus. The narrow way leads to eternal life. The broad road leads to destruction. The narrow way leads to heaven itself. The wide way leads to hell. I'm sure some of the listeners to Jesus must have been shocked. I think some of us Maybe shocked this morning. This is authentic, radical New Testament Christianity. Notice something very, very important. There is no middle way. There is no middle ground. Uh, there is not a third choice. See, many people think they can love Jesus and love the world, but we already read in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus said, You cannot serve two masters. You can't do it. That's a sobering and a solemn reality. Every single one of us today is either in the kingdom of heaven or you are not. There is no other way. You're either heading for eternal life today or you're heading for eternal destruction. You're heading for heaven or for hell. Which is it? Let's think of the two ways then in verses 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. One way is easy and the other way is hard. Notice the choice. There are two gates, one narrow, one wide. One is broad, that is easy, the other is narrow. There are also two crowds, there are many people on the easy road, not surprisingly, but few enter the narrow gate, Jesus said. So Jesus is making a call. You've heard his teaching. Now it's time to respond. You just can't say, well, that's very nice. Jesus is a very nice teacher. It would be very wonderful if all of us followed his teaching. No, that's not the point. Jesus is saying, you enter by the narrow gate. This is the gate of humility, the gate of repentance. Yes, it's the way of grace. It's the way of repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only way of salvation. Now the other gate, it's very wide. In fact, no effort at all is required to enter it. You simply drift, in, drift into it. You just go, go with the flow. You follow the crowd. Uh, just whatever is going, you just go along. You enjoy the company of those who are on the wide roads. There's great fun there, but it leads to destruction. That's what Jesus is saying. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Doesn't that wake you up? Doesn't that get your attention? Proverbs says, Proverbs 16, verse 25, there's a way that seems right to a man. That's the wide way, that's the broad way. That is the way of your choosing. Uh, That's just the way that you feel, which is in accordance with your own prejudices and desires. You're on that way, it seems very wonderful. But the proverb says the problem with that way is, your way, it ends in death. There's a way that seems, seems, seems right to a man. But its end is the way of death. You see, there's only one way which leads to eternal life. Now this, of course, is totally opposed to our culture, to what we hear, to what we read, uh, with the media, with the culture, with our educational system. Our culture really says it doesn't matter what you believe, you determine your own truth. Whatever it is, man, go with it. That to me all seems a particularly silly idea. Do you really think that because you want to believe something and because it suits you in accordance with your own desires, your own prejudices, the way you want to think, that you can choose that and therefore it means it's right? Certainly Jesus doesn't believe that. Jesus is setting out truth, the revelation from God that Jesus comes into our world, he is the truth. He never lies, this is God, enter by the narrow gate. Listen to Jesus, enter by the narrow gate. Two ways, but there are two trees. Verses 15 through 20, beware of false prophets. I think it's very, very striking that right after Jesus says there's only one way, he says beware of false prophets because that truth is rejected by many, including in many so-called churches. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruits. Yes, says Jesus, there are these two trees both bearing fruit, but one bears good fruit and one bears bad fruit. And he describes these false prophets, these false teachers, as ravenous wolves. Verse 15. Now you know a tree by its fruit. Here is an apple tree. Now you can put a label on that tree, orange tree. But whatever you call it, it's an apple tree and it bears apples. That's the point. And the tree which bears bad fruit is a bad tree. You can call it a good tree. You can call it anything you like. But the proof of the pudding is in the eating. That's a bad apple. Healthy trees, Jesus says, bear good fruit. Diseased trees bear bad fruit. If a tree is diseased, if it bears bad fruit, what, the, what happens to it? Verse 19 Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And Jesus is very serious here, isn't he? Thus you'll recognize them by their fruits. You got this bad tree, what are you gonna do with it? Cut down, thrown into the fire. Now in that society, there were many shepherds. And how would a shepherd keep warm in the winter time? Uh, by a sheepskin. Uh, he uh, would have uh, killed some of his sheep, and he, the shepherd, uh, would put on a sheepskin. Some of us wear sheepskins. Perhaps not as rough and ready as in the first century, but you get the picture. And uh, here is a man uh, with a sheepskin, and you say, He's a shepherd. The shepherd is known by the fact that he's wearing sheep's clothing. Uh, but Jesus is saying, Now be careful. Be very careful here because there are people who look like shepherds. They're wearing sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. The very opposite of a shepherd. The shepherd protects the flock, the ravenous wolf comes to destroy the flock. False prophets, false teachers. Throughout the Bible, including the Old Testament, there are warnings after warnings against false shepherds, false prophets, false teachers. In the New Testament, are there any warnings against false teachers? Well, here it is in the Sermon on the Mount, from the mouth of our Lord Jesus, here in Matthew chapter 7, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Paul, for example, Speaks to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, Acts 20 verse 26. The apostle says, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you, (laughs) what does it say, the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourself and to all the flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, he's speaking to elders, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves. Wolves, same word that Jesus uses in the Sermon on the Mount, here they're described as fierce, cruel, ravenous. They'll come in among you, among among the church, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, that is, within the Christian community, so-called, will arise men speaking twisted things to draw the disciples after them, Acts chapter 20. Warnings against false prophets from time to time. Some of you who listen to me are not happy. Someone says, well, you criticized uh, people who believe false doctrine, false teachers. Yes, I don't enjoy doing that, but it is very, very necessary. It's part of being a faithful shepherd. I realize tolerance, sentimentality, storytelling, inspirational platitudes and hype and techniques for having a comfortable life are, are the steady diet of many pulpits. You say, John, you're overreacting. No, no, I'm not. It's throughout Scripture. Read your Bible. Old Testament, New Testament. There are ravenous wolves. Paul exhorts, exhorts Timothy in 2 Timothy 4. What does he say to Timothy? you preach the word in season and out of season. He goes on to say in 2 Timothy 4, there will come a time when people will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. The true shepherd doesn't tailor his message uh, to suit the cultural appetites of those who are on the broad road leading to destruction. That's what some churches do. Well, what do people out there want? Let's give it to them. That's the very opposite of what Jesus is saying. That's false prophets. They come, they look very good, they look very slick. Uh, They've got the right clothes, but inwardly, says Jesus, they're ravenous wolves. See, the problem is that the false teacher, Jesus is saying, is disguised. He doesn't come and say, Mr. False Teacher, Mrs. False Prophet, no. They look like shepherds, but they're ravenous wolves. Listen to how Paul describes that in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13. He talks about, he says, Such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. That's it. They put on the sheep's clothing. They disguise themselves as apostles. Second Corinthians eleven verse fourteen. No, and no wonder, don't be surprised, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. How do you picture Satan? Forktail, horns, nasty-looking individuals. How do you picture him? Well, he's a nasty individual, of course, but he can present himself as an angel of light. So it's no surprise, says Paul, if the servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, their end will correspond to their deeds. They disguise themselves. Jesus is warning us. These ravenous wolves don't look like ravenous wolves. What do, how do we know them? Verse 20 you'll recognize them by their fruits. That's it. What are they producing? Are they proclaiming the gospel of the grace of God? Do they believe what Jesus is saying in the Sermon on the mount? Do they believe that there's only one way, one truth, one life, that no one comes to the Father apart from me? Examine their teaching. Paul, very interestingly, in the scripture I read from Acts chapter 20, say that these false teachers, they draw away people to themselves. Another clue about the false teacher. They're disguised, they're deceitful, and they're dangerous. Beware of the individual who draws people after themselves. They want to be some little guru. They've got some special insight. Uh, They're different from the rest. Uh, Just follow me. Uh, We'll give you a special teaching. We're doing the deeper truths here, not like these people. Come and listen to me. Always a dangerous sound. The true servant of God points people not to himself, not to herself, but points people to the Lord Jesus. What's the result of these false teachers, these ravenous wolves? They tear the flock. They divide the flock. They confuse the flock. Uh, They lead people in rebellion against godly leadership in the church. What does Paul say? 2 Corinthians 4 verse 5 he says no we don't proclaim ourselves now he's the apostle he's pretty impressive isn't he? the apostle Paul master teacher, theologian evangelist, missionary statesman, dramatic conversion the apostle to the Gentiles if anyone was going to uh, uh, promote himself it would be the apostle Paul he says no, no, no he says we don't proclaim ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. That's the mark of the true shepherd. That's the mark of the true teacher, not drawing people to himself, but pointing people to the Lord Jesus and saying, listen, I'm simply a servant. I am your servant for Christ's sake.
0: This is The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a message titled, Two Ways, Two Trees two destinations. Part two of our lesson is coming up next time, but remember, you can always find John's teaching and listen at your own pace by going to our website at theverdict.org. And as we continue our in-depth study of the teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, we'd like to send you a special resource that goes hand-in-hand with our series. It's a companion booklet by John called Life in the Kingdom. And it will help you dig deeper into Jesus' sermon on what it really means to follow Him. And right now, we're offering this booklet to our listeners absolutely free. So request your copy of Life in the Kingdom or simply download it online by going to theverdict.org. And we also invite you to join us in what God is doing through these daily biblical messages by supporting us with a financial gift. Your generous contributions will help us give the gift of God's Word to new listeners all around the world. And you can make a special gift today by going online to theverdict.org or set up your donation over the phone by dialing 833-551-2231. You can also send your gift in the mail to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. And by the way, make sure you've subscribed to The Verdict Podcast. You'll find us on most podcast apps, by searching for the verdict with Pastor John Monroe. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe.
1: Well, what's your verdict? Jesus is calling you to make a decision. Consider it carefully. Are you on a narrow way, which leads to eternal life? Or are you on a wide way, which leads to destruction? Perhaps you have been delaying making a decision as to whether or not you will follow Jesus. Remember who He is. God incarnate coming to save his people from their sins. Today, enter by the narrow gate. Do join the broadcast next time as we continue to think of the two ways, the two trees, the two destinations.
0: Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.